Um, there, there have been some really cool things happening in the church over the last few weeks. I, I know we talked about them in the pre-service. If you weren't in here, I just want to touch back on them. We had a team of, of teens go to Guatemala a couple weeks ago. I still haven't quite gotten my voice fully back. Um, and, and, then, and then as we came home from Guatemala, the women from our church and other churches on our district went and did Thrive, the women's conference down in Guatemala. So that was happening this past week. And then we had VBS here. You heard a lot about that. You saw the kids. That's one of, can I just tell you that's one of my favorite weeks of the year? I get to do games at VBS, like I, I'm a youth pastor at heart, and so my favorite thing to do is come up with wacky games and yell and get excited, and so, so I love this week, but I lost my voice like Monday, because I, I like to yell, and, uh, and I lost my voice, so I'm about 80% today, but uh, you know, we're going to be okay, <laughs> but man, what a great week. And then on Thursday, so VBS ended Wednesday night, Thursday morning, our teens headed to blast at Mount Vernon, and they came back yesterday, and then we're here together today, and then tomorrow our kids go to camp. I just want you to know that there are really good things happening in the church, like God is moving, and our adults, and our teens, and our kids, God is so good. And I just, I want to throw something out there to you. I know some of you come to church on Sunday. And, and that's, that's great. I, thank you for being here. Thank you for those of us that are joining online. I'm sorry about my shirt. I know this causes problems with the video, but it's beach-themed. But, but listen, God is so good, and I know some of you come and you watch every week or you show up. I just want to invite you to take the next step. The good stuff that God is doing in our church, you can be a part of it. You don't just have to hear from it here, like you can serve, you can jump in and be a part of what God's doing. And I'm telling you, having been to Guatemala and then having been at VBS, God's just doing some cool stuff and you don't want to miss it. So, so thank you all for who have been a part of that. Um, and it's just been a great week. We're going to continue our series today, No Zeros. And for those of you, I know that we've got some newer people here today or people that maybe missed last week. Uh, the idea behind this series, No Zeros, is that every single follower of Christ is called to bear fruit. That, that was last week's theme. That was the main thought. All followers of Christ are called to bear fruit. There should be no zeros. There should be nobody that calls themselves a follower of Christ that does not see spiritual fruit. And we're talking about the four C's. The first C that we talked about last week, which is being connected to the vine. We can't bear fruit if we're not connected to the vine. And then today we're going to talk about uh, the beginning of three kinds of fruit that we see. The first thing today that we're talking about is the fruit of character, that every single person who is a follower of Christ should continue to grow and continue to grow in their character. We shouldn't be the same as we were a year ago or two years ago or five years ago. We are to continue to see the fruit of growth and character. Next week, we're going to talk about the growth of conduct that we should, as we grow in character, as we stay connected, we should be loving others more. We should be living for others more. And then the last week, we're going to talk about conversion. And praise the Lord for the, for the women that gave their lives to Christ in Guatemala and the kids this week at VBS and the teens at Blast. We should see the fruit of God working in our lives and our hearts. There should be no zeros. So turn to the person next to you and say, don't be a zero. 
Yeah, say it with some authority. Say it with some authority. Come on. Don't be a zero. God wants to work. So you heard about all the good stuff that God's doing in the church, right? I want you to know that God wants to work in your heart and your life. And you're going to see fruit if you stay connected to the vine. So we're in John chapter 15. I'm going to have you all stand with me. Uh, you won't have to stand again after this until the end. John 15, we're going to read verse 1 through 11. I'll read it and you can follow along on the screen. This is Jesus talking in John's gospel. And Jesus is talking and he says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Say much, much fruit. You will bear much fruit. <clears throat> Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much, say much, much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made complete. You guys can have a seat. So Jesus is talking um, to us, to his disciples, to people, to us. And Jesus says, remain in me and you will bear much fruit. Today, last week we talked about being connected. Listen, uh, coming to church is a great thing. Last week you had some homework. Does anyone remember the homework? How many of you did your homework last week? Don't worry, guys, I don't give homework every week. It's not like I gave you a, a sheet that you had to fill out or anything. The homework last week was this, to find what draws you closer to Christ and do it every day. So for me, I, I'm a night owl. I stay up really late. And some nights I can get caught up watching a movie or a show or, or you know, playing a game or something, and, and I can spend my time focusing on other things, but one thing that I've realized is if I will listen to worship music, it draws me closer to Christ, and literally sometimes I'm sitting in my living room at 1 a.m. singing, crying, if, if you're new, I do this all the time, crying, just praising God, and I'm, I'm drawn closer, and so this week, Every day, as I sat there after the kids went to bed, I was reminded of the homework I gave you, and I spent time just worshiping and praising God. And, and I was connected more deeply. We are called to be connected to the vine. You will not see the growth of fruit and character that we're talking about today if you don't spend time connected to the vine. Uh, so in verse 8, it says, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be 
my disciples. It's to the Father's glory that you bear much fruit, but I want to focus on that last part. Showing yourselves to be my disciples. Listen, the the proof of your faith in Christ is not a bumper sticker. The proof of your discipleship in Christ is not a Christian t-shirt that you wear. It's not a chain that you wear around your neck with a cross on it. That's not what tells somebody whether you're a follower of Christ. It says, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. The mark of a disciple is spiritual fruit that God brings in our lives. You know what that means? People around us should be able to see God's work in us. There should be fruit. It should be visible. How many of you remember high school, junior high? Anyone? So one of the things I love to do is look back at old pictures and see the changing phases of Alex. Because here's the deal. Whoever I was hanging out with, that's what I looked like. That's how I talked. So, you know, in, in seventh and eighth grade, I was kind of getting into the, I was, I was trying to become cooler because honestly, like when I was in grade school, like I was pretty smart, but wasn't the coolest kid. And so I got to seventh and eighth grade and all of a sudden decided I wanted to be cool. And so I started wearing the same clothes as the other kids and I started talking a little bit different. Uh, I'll just confess, maybe not always in the way I should have. And then in ninth and 10th grade, I got some other friends, and, and I went through what, <laughs> you're going to get to know me a little bit better today, I went through what I would call my rage phase. Like, I liked loud, heavy metal music, and, and I didn't, I, you know, I didn't have a mohawk or anything cool, like, I wasn't that cool, but I, uh, I looked different, and I talked different. And then I got into the basketball team a little bit more, and, and my friend group changed, and all of a sudden, my look and my talk started to change. It's like if you look at a kid in junior high or high school, you can tell who they hang out with because they look and they sound like those people, right? Did any of you have those awkward phases? All right, a few of you are honest. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. The rest of you, we're going to need some character growth. You are not being honest. We should see the fruit. See, See, the same way that whoever I was hanging out with would affect the way I looked and talked, That should be true of our faith in Jesus Christ. As we remain in Christ, we will be changed and people will see the fruit of that. We will become more like Christ. So here's our our statement for today. Last week the statement was, all of us are called to bear fruit. The statement today is this, as we remain in Christ, our lives should look more and more like the life of Jesus Christ. Let me say that again. As we remain in Christ, our lives should look more and more like that of Jesus Christ. We'll get there. Don't worry. We'll get there. And so our lives should show the fruit. We should look more and more like a follower of Jesus Christ. Um, Scott Rainey talked Uh, About a month ago, we had a special speaker. Scott Rainey's the head of discipleship for the Church of the Nazarene, and he talked about when he first came to church that that he didn't know how to behave, he didn't know how to act, and so what he did is he started to look at other um, spiritual people, people that he thought looked like Jesus, and he started to just act the way they did, and all of a sudden, he started to change, and, and 
Listen, if you are a follower of Christ, you should look more and more like Christ. We, we, talk, we have this phrase in our, uh, in our world today, I identify as this. I identify as this. And that's a big thing in our culture, that you can just identify as, as whatever you want to identify as. And listen, I'm not, I'm not getting on my soapbox for culture right now. Here's what I want to say. There are a lot of Christians, and, and listen, Christians don't like that language, do they? But there are a lot of Christians that, people, let me say this, there are a lot of people that identify as Christians, but aren't truly living connected to Jesus Christ. There are a lot of people that call themselves Christians, but you don't see it in their everyday action. And and so the question is this, what does it look like to look more like Jesus? If being a follower of Christ should make us more like Jesus, what does that look like? I mean, most of us didn't walk around with Jesus in the bodily form, in fact, all of us. But we have this picture in Galatians chapter five, verse 22. This is the fruits of the Spirit. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I'll read that list again. I want you to make a mental note of these. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's a pretty good list, isn't it? Is there anyone that when, when you look at that list, is there anyone that says, I don't like to be around people that are like that? That's what we want to be around, right? We want to be around people that, that love well. We want to be around peaceful people. We want to be around patient people. And so this is what the fruit of character looks like in our lives. If you're going to be a follower of Christ, you're going to look more like Jesus, and this is what it looks like. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's what we should look like. Now, I want to acknowledge something with you today. There are a lot of people walking around, as we talked about, identifying themselves as Christians who don't look like that. Have all of you had experiences with somebody who was a Christian but did not look like Jesus Christ? Did not exhibit those characteristics? In fact, um, Gandhi, pretty famous, you know, spiritual figure in the world, Gandhi said, I like your Christ, but I do not like your Christians because your Christians are so unlike your Christ. How does that happen? I see this way too often where people say, uh, my grandpa said, I don't have anything against Jesus, but if those people are followers of Jesus, I don't want to be one. That was my grandpa, my dad's dad, who said, I can't be a part of that because of those Christians. How does that happen? How can we call ourselves Christians but not seek to live like Christ? I was watching a, a sermon in preparation for this. Uh, can I just tell you that you can come to church every week for the rest of your life. You can study. Uh, you can know the Bible. You can sing the songs. But you can still not look like Jesus. 
I was watching a, a sermon by Francis Chan this week. It was, I, I love his sermons. And he talked about a friend of his, a pastor in India. And, and there was another moral failure by a pastor in America. That's kind of a common trend that pastors, especially, you know, these big time, really, it's, it's all, you know, all across the board that pastors fall short. Now, let me just tell you this. If you think I'm perfect, you're crazy. I'm not. But, but I believe that I'm called. To be like Jesus. And there are far too many pastors who don't live up to the calling on their life. Francis Chan said he was talking to his friend in India and, and, and they, were, they were talking about this, this latest moral failure and his friend was just weeping. And he said, why are you weeping? And he said, it's because it seems like you people in America, you pastors, you Christians in America are content with knowing about Jesus, but you don't take the time to be in the presence. You don't take the time to know him more. You know about him, but you're not walking with him. And that's why we see this failure over and over again. How do we make sure that we're bearing fruit? We stay connected to the vine. That doesn't mean you need to memorize more verses. That, there's no, that's a good thing. Know your Bible. That doesn't mean you need to show up to Sunday school more. That's a good thing. Show up, worship, but you've got to spend time in the presence of Jesus. I, I got good news for you. Jesus has given us his Holy Spirit and on a Thursday night at 1 a.m. in the morning, guess who's with you? Jesus is. And if you will just open your heart, you'll experience and you'll know him more. So let me ask you a, a tough question here. Are you growing in love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. I like to tell on myself for, for the, you know, confessions, the things that I need to tell. I want to tell you one thing that I believe God's been working in my heart on over the past several years. I've become a lot more patient of a person. I, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I have a little bit of a temper, maybe, maybe a lot of a temper. And there were years that I struggled with that temper, and, and I'm not saying I'm perfect, but God has been working in my heart, and I've become more and more patient with my kids, with work, with all that stuff. You want to know another place that God's working? We're going to have some fun now. One of those words is kindness, right? So the staff, about a year ago, we were in the bus on the way to lunch one day, and someone thought it would be a good idea to rank the staff members from the kindest to the least kindest. Anyone want to take a guess who the kindest was? Young Duck. Pastor Young Duck. He, he's the kindest guy in the world. Like, they did, I've just never seen anything but kindness come from that guy. Anyone want to guess who uh, last place was? This guy. <laughs> I might not be kind, but I'm funny. Sometimes. Um, no, seriously, so, so like I was voted the least kind staff, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm the pastor and I was voted the least kind, I really am a nice person, I just like to joke a lot and people don't always understand that, but, but I was voted the least kind. Let me tell you how God's been working. 
I think this past week we did another poll, and I think I moved from eighth place to seventh place. <laughs> yeah. Fruit of the Spirit. Watch out, Deb. I'm coming for you. She was all the way up at like second or third. I mean, like, come on. I got a ways to go. <laughs> but we're supposed to grow in, in those areas. We're supposed to become more loving, more joyful, more, more kind, more patient, more peaceful. That's the fruit of character that we're talking about. That should be evidenced in our life. Even if you're going from eight to seven, you should see growth. Jesus goes on and says, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Have I loved you? Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I don't want us to, to blow past this. See, sometimes I think we view God as a God that's waiting for us to mess up so that we can be cut off and thrown into the fire. Any of you grow up with some like guilt or feeling that like God was gonna get you? I, I definitely, I mean, I grew up a pastor's kid and there was definitely days where I just felt like I gotta be really careful or God's gonna get me. I, I want you to hear this verse, verse nine again. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Listen, I got really good news for you today. The God that created the universe loves you more than you'll ever know. In college, we would go visit. I went to Trevecca Nazarene University, and there was a healthcare unit there. And so one time we went as kind of like a, uh, just a volunteer thing, and we went and we visited people in the healthcare unit. And there was this one guy that, that once I visited him, I, I started going back every week. His name was Dennis. And Dennis had one purpose in life. I've talked about it before. You may remember this, but, but Dennis had one purpose, and that was to let everyone know how much God loved them. And he would say it the same way every time I'd walk into his room. I'd say, hey, Dennis, and he'd say, how much does he love us? As much as he loves his own son. And then he would say, isn't that great? How much does he love us? As much as he loves his own son. Isn't that great? And I'll be honest with you, sometimes I'd walk in and he'd, he'd go through his, how much does he love us? As much as he loves his own son, isn't that great? And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I got you. Listen, let's not, let's not yeah, yeah that today. God's not just waiting for you to mess up. God is not a God that's, that's looking to, to cut you off. God loves you. Jesus says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Listen, if you haven't been told that you're loved today, I want you to hear it right now. The God of the universe loves you. And God wants you to have life to the fullest. God wants you to be producing fruit. God wants to produce fruit in your life so that you can be loving, joyful, peaceful, kind. God loves you. And then Jesus says, remain in my love. That word remain is used a lot in this text. It means to stay, to abide, remain. So this is simple, right? The God of the universe loves you. You're supposed to look like Jesus. If you remain in him, you'll look more and more like Jesus. You'll be more loving, more joyful, more peaceful. Good stuff, right? That's simple. 
But the truth is that, that it's not that simple. And you and I both know that there are days that we get distracted from his love. We get distracted from that simple thing. See, we have an enemy. The work of the enemy is to distract us from our greatest source of power, our dependence and our security in Christ. Listen, if the enemy can get the church thinking about anything other than Jesus, the enemy wins. When we start arguing about music or carpet or seats or lights, the enemy wins. When we get caught up in who knows more, who's better, the enemy wins. Jesus says, remain in my love. He goes on, he says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made complete. So we are all called to bear fruit. We bear fruit by remaining in Jesus. As we bear fruit, we look more and more like Jesus. God loves us, wants us to bear fruit, look more and more like Jesus. And then Jesus ends with this. He doesn't end, but, but our text ends today with this. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made complete. Let's talk about this. That my joy may be in you. Listen, there is a world around you that's telling you that you can have happiness and joy and peace from a lot of different things. But how many of you have ever experienced something or gotten something and, and, and that joy or that happiness went away really quickly? See, the problem is our, our happiness, earthly happiness, is contingent on the things that we have or the things we experience. I get this new car and I'm, I'm happy, but guess what? A week later, it's not new anymore. It's a week old, and a year later, it's a year old. And all of a sudden, that joy and that happiness, I don't feel. Or, better yet, I get this new car and I really love it, and I drive it off the lot, and someone else with a better car drives by, and I think, ah... Our earthly happiness is wrapped up in circumstances. Jesus says, I want my joy to be in you. Guess what the joy of Christ looks like? It's not contingent on circumstances. You can find out that you have three new tumors and you can live with joy and peace like never before. Earlier in the text, it says anyone that does produce fruit, he prunes so that they can produce more fruit. I don't know about you, but pruning is not fun. But can I tell you that some of the most difficult times in my life were times where God gave me the greatest peace and joy? As my mom was passing away of cancer, I had nights where I would just be listening to worship music. And I would just get this peace and this joy that I couldn't explain. God wants you to have his joy and wants your joy to be made complete. So we are all called to bear fruit. As we bear fruit, we look more and more like Jesus. Jesus loves us and wants us to bear fruit. And as we bear fruit, we become more and more at peace and joyful. Listen today. I don't want you to miss this. This is too good. You can walk out of here 
You can have heard another sermon. You can feel good about yourself for going to church. But today you have the opportunity to be connected to the true vine. I got, I got good news. Jesus is here with us. The Holy Spirit is here with us. When Jesus ascended back to heaven, he sent us his spirit. And the spirit's right here with us today. So I'm going to have the worship team come up and listen, more than getting another like star for your uh, attendance today or more than feeling good about yourself, I, my prayer today for you is this, that you will experience Jesus today. There may be some of you in here that say, I have never had a relationship with Jesus Christ. This is new to me. And I've never experienced the fruit of that list of being like Christ Listen, I want you to know that the God that created the universe is here with us today, loves you, wants you to know him and wants, already knows you, but wants to know you deeper. There may be some of you that would say, hey, I, I for years was bearing fruit, but, but I got disconnected from the vine and I've started to not look so much like Jesus. If that's you, I got good news. You can be connected to the vine today anew. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to stand up. I want to pray with you. And we're going to sing a couple worship songs. As we sing those songs, I don't want you to go through the motions. I don't want you to just hear them. I want you to experience the love of Jesus Christ. I want you to know just how much he loves you. And I want you to be connected to the vine so that you will see more and more fruit. The growth of character, the growth of conduct, living more like Christ, loving others better, and building the kingdom. Father, I pray that you'd be with each one of us. Lord, I thank you today that even if some of us have maybe gotten disconnected from you, maybe we've just, maybe it's been a week and we've just not spent the time we needed to. Lord, I thank you that, that you're here with us and that you want, you want us to know you. And Lord, if there's anyone in here today that just has never experienced your love and grace, oh man, today, Lord, I pray that they would, they would know it. Help us not to walk out of this place having just had another service. Help us to experience you now. Open our hearts and minds to you. In Jesus' name, amen.